Hey friends, this is Pastor Rachel from The Gathering Place, Centro Cristiano in Liberal, Kansas, and I am so glad you are here with us today. Today's teaching is from our Sunday service at The Gathering, where we meet up for a time of learning and fellowship in community. You're welcome to join us every Sunday. We're at The Gathering Place, Centro Cristiano. In the meantime, enjoy today's podcast. You are sure to be blessed. When you read the scriptures, so many of us want to say, like, I just want to read the, I want to read the whole Bible in a year. I want to go, it's almost like you're, you're, you're running a race. I need to get all that. I mean, I need to get through it all. Well, you know what? That's like going on the freeway. When we come and we do Bible study and we sit and we soak in the word, that's like taking that back road and saying, it might take us a little longer to get there, but sure is beautiful over here. And that's what it's like when we spend time just, just soaking in God's word. That's what Bible study's for. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful that we've been able to walk chapter by chapter through this book of Mark. I'm, I'm excited. And you guys, if you haven't heard any of the, of the prior lessons, you can always go and find us, uh, on, on podcasts and stuff like that so that you can also listen to all the past teaching. But today we're going to be in the book of Mark chapter 10. So I would like for you to turn to your Bibles there or your phones or your tablets or whatever you have this morning. And we're really talking about something so uh, special uh, because everything that we, we learn in God's word and, and the gospels are such an amazing place for us to, um, to start with. And so in the book of Mark, we see that today our, the overarching theme of our lesson is about serving. And, and Jesus begins to tell uh, and predict his death and he begins to tell his disciples. And we have, we've heard this before because we've walked through this before and we see that they're like, no, 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 we don't want to hear about the death. We don't want to hear about what's going to happen. Like, like Jesus, come on. Like, why do you have to, why do you have to like dampen the mood, right? Kill the vibe. Don't do that. But Jesus is like, this is the things that are going to have to happen. You're going to have to know about them. So you need to get your heart ready and in the right place. And we're going to see yet again how the disciples the apostles, the one that were walking with Jesus, that were talking with Jesus, that were eating with Jesus, still have a hard time getting it right. And I want to tell you something. Be encouraged today. Because if you have the hard time still getting it right, don't worry about it. The apostles, the disciples, they had a hard time getting it right too. And they had Jesus in the flesh right with him. And yet, sometimes their eyes had not been opened yet to see what was what was happening right in front of them. And we're going to see an account like that this morning. Let's go to the word in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're going to be reading in Mark 10, chapter, uh, or chapter 10, verse 32 to 34. It says, they went on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way and the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the 12 aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the son of man will be delivered over the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will arise. Heavy, right? So as they begin walking, the Bible tells us like it's obvious, right? They begin walking and they're going their way to Jerusalem and and Jesus is leading the way. And I don't want you to miss that this morning. Jesus was leading the way. If we think about that, this, you know, in the, in the, in the times of old, the way that we see the context of the, of the way that they did, 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 did things back then, right? In that, in that region, in that area, the Bible tells, or, or the history tells us that the rabbis would go ahead and their disciples would go behind them. The teachers would go first, right? And as we see that, that's probably exactly the way that this was taking place. Jesus was ahead of them. That's what the scripture tells him. Jesus was leading the way. And how true is that of us today? See, if you follow Jesus, you're not going to go to your left and to your right or lose your way. If you follow Jesus, that's why I'm telling you, your eyes have to be fixed on him. 
because he's leading you. He's taking you to the place where you need to go in order for you to live a fulfilled life, in order for you to live out the calling that God has for you, in order for you to live the life that you have always desired here on earth. And I'm not talking about the desires, right, for for riches and the desires for prosperity and the desires for all of those things. Those are just an overabundance. The real prize is following Jesus and following his footsteps. You know why? Because he leads us to the Father. And to be with the Father is to be in heaven. Amen. And so when we think about this, we have to see that Jesus's presence, right, leads the people through times of suffering and into the valley. That's exactly where they were going. So as the Bible tells us, they're going on their way to Jerusalem. They don't know what's coming ahead, but he does. And he's leading the way. And the disciples, they were astonished at what was happening because I can imagine that they were beginning to feel giddy, right? About, oh my goodness, it's happening now. Jesus is going to come and he's going to establish his kingdom here on earth and he is going to be the Messiah and he is going to do away with all those who've been persecuting us, all of those who have been taking over us, who have been keeping us captive. He's just going to make a revolution. I tell you that that's what they may have been thinking because we're going to see in the next few verses that they indeed were thinking something totally erroneous. They were not thinking with their spiritual minds. They were still all in the flesh, still thinking about what human, what human, what, what human reign was going to happen here on earth. They were thinking about, man, this is going to be great. I can imagine the Bible says that they were astonished. The other people were afraid because they had heard him, you know, be, they, they knew that people were, were, um, whispering, that people were talking, that people were looking for Jesus, that people wanted to shut him down. They knew that. This was not something that had been kept secret. And then they were like, why are you going into the trouble? Why are you going into Jerusalem? That's where they're at. That's where those religious leaders and the people that want to do away with your message, that's where they are. Why would you go there? And so they're afraid and the disciples are excited because they have a little bit of a semblance of what's going to happen, although they were looking at it through human eyes as we're going to see. But again, the Bible tells us that he takes the 12, he sets them to a a side, he brings them aside and the Bible says and tells them what's going to happen to him. And he begins to explicitly express to them what's going to happen. He says, we're going up to Jerusalem yet again. Now they knew they were going to Jerusalem. That's where they were headed. But he tells them very openly, like, we're going to Jerusalem. You ever done that before? You ever said, like, um, yeah, we're leaving, right? And then everybody's like, yeah, we're leaving. And then you turn and you look at your kid and you're like, we're leaving. And they're like, oh, we're leaving. That means let's get your stuff and let's go, right? That's exactly what it seems like what Jesus is telling him. He's like, he says, we're going to Jerusalem. And I can imagine that in that moment, right, those disciples were like, oh, checked. Oh, we're going to Jerusalem. Oh, this is the moment. Like it's happening. And he said, but then when he begins to describe what's going to happen, he says, the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and they will hand him over to the Gentiles. He was straightforward. He was clear. He was matter of fact. And you know what I can glean from this is that when God tells you what his will is, he is not obscure about it. What did he tell us to go and do? What did Jesus tell us to go and do? He said, go out and make disciples of the nation. Preach preach the gospel till the ends of the earth. Don't stop. Preach the gospel till the ends of the earth. Go and make disciples of nations. It was explicit. I don't know how many of people still to this day are like, I'm just searching for what God has for me, for what God wants me to do, for what God wants, you know, wants me to become. You're searching for an answer that you approve. 
But clearly in the scripture, it tells us what his will is to go and preach the gospel. You want to know what God's will is for your life? To go preach the gospel. You want to know what your challenge is? To go make disciples of the nations. It's not easy. People don't want to hear this. People want to find out how can I just get what I need right now? How can I just get, you know, satisfaction for my days today? I mean, that's all I want. You know, we, I just, I just want my daily bread. That's it. Like, don't, I don't, I don't, that's it. Don't kind of, don't meddle into my life. I was saying that the other day as I was preaching, I don't remember where, but I was saying the things I was saying, you know, sometimes that's what we look for. We like, I I give my heart to Jesus. I'm a Christian, but I want to live for myself. And I kind of don't want him to get into all my business. Well, you know what? Jesus wants to get into all your business, into all of it. Why? Because he wants to renew your mind. He wants to change your heart and he wants to make you into the person that he fashioned and formed you to be. Glory be to God. And so he's matter of fact, he's straightforward. And he tells them exactly in explicit details what's going to happen. They're going to condemn him to death. They're going to hand him over to the Gentiles. And what is going to happen? They're going to mock him. They're going to spit on him. They're going to flog him and they're going to kill him. They were going to torture him. I'm sure that these disciples walking with Jesus, that was a very difficult pill to swallow. Like what? Wait a minute. I mean, we were just talking about, we are going to Jerusalem. We're going to make it happen. And then you come out with this, like what's going on, right? But the the son of man had to come and he had to experience all of these things. Why? Because he was coming to redeem you and me. He was suffering a death, a criminal's death for you and me. A guiltless man was coming to take our guilt, our sin, our shame, and take it to the cross and there give up his life for you and for me. This was necessary. It had to happen. And so as he begins to tell them what's going on, he doesn't leave them in that despair. He doesn't leave them in that place where he's just like, you know what? I mean, I, I don't know. God, why, why did you come and give us all this bad news? Three days later, he tells them he will rise. Three days later, he left them with hope. He didn't left, leave them in despair. He didn't leave them sad. He didn't leave them in like the story. I mean, I don't know. John and I used to watch like independent film channels sometimes and they would have these independent films and and, and glory be to God for all the people that do independence and they do wonderful work. But the ones that we would watch, they were not wonderful work. And sometimes you would watch and invest a whole hour and a half of your, of your life. And then you would get to the end and you were like, that was the silliest, silliest to say the least ending ever. And you walk away from that thinking, oh my gosh, I really, I mean, that was a waste of an hour and a half of my life. I'll never get it back. And you're left in this place where you're just like, oh, that was terrible. Jesus didn't leave them that way. He didn't leave them in that state. He gave them hope. He said, all of these things are going to happen. But after three days, after three days, he will arise. That is our hope 
See, our hope as we celebrate, you know, uh, Jesus's death, how can you celebrate his death? Because through his death, we have redemption. Through his death, we have life. And after three days, he conquered death. And that is the God that you and I serve. A God who, who just loved us so much that he sent his son so that he could come and suffer these things. And at the end of three days, he was going to give his life up for us. But don't you worry about it because he was going to come and he was going to conquer death. Is there something impossible for God? Absolutely not. So why so many times do we walk in our lives and we think, you know what? These circumstances are too difficult. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no way that we're going to get to the other side. I'm here to tell you, yes, there is because he conquered death. He is more than a conqueror. And because we serve him, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. So we are also, we count ourselves as those people of hope. As those people that say, you know what? I know my Redeemer lives and because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen. Glory be to God. So, so above everything, know that he leaves them with that hope that three days later he is going to arise. And let's keep going because the scripture tells us in verse 35, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Wow. (laughs) They sound kind of like people in liberal Kansas. We want you to do whatever we want, Jesus. You know, this is it. Verse 36, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Jesus said, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized by the baptism I have baptized or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. Gosh, so much to unpack here. First of all, James, John, and Peter had witnessed unique and wonderful things. If you read in chapter 9, you see that there was a transfiguration that happened, and Jesus revealed his deity to them. He revealed his godship to them, and they were witness to that. And so they had seen wonderful things, not to mention all of the healing they had seen, all of the, the multiplication of bread and, and the feeding of 5,000 and feeding of 4,000 and, and people that had been demon-possessed. He had freed them. They had seen miraculous and wonderful signs. They knew where they were headed. They knew that Jesus had just told them. He had just, I mean, just a few minutes ago, he had told them, this is where we're headed. And this is what's going to happen to me. And they say, okay, before all this happens, Jesus, let us, you know, before we get to Jerusalem, like, stop, 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 before we get to Jerusalem and before you begin this big revolution and before they kill you and flog you and, and mock you and spit on you and do all those things, can you please do something for us? Selfish disciples, just like you and me sometimes, right? Can you just do this thing, one thing for me? And Jesus says, what do you want? What do you guys want? You think Jesus didn't know what they wanted? However, they say what they want. And when they answer those, when they, we answer that question, they answer with, let us sit at your right side and and at your left side. These guys, James and John, they had just heard Jesus explain the humiliating abuse and death that he would be facing in Jerusalem, but they ignored all of that. And instead they chose to focus on the potential glory that awaited them in the messianic kingdom that Jesus would establish. You know, in the first century, what was very customary, what was norm, right? In the very first century, the seats on the right and the left of a leader were privileged 
positions. And the ones who occupied these seats were seen as, as receiving great honor. And so James and John, even along with Peter, who had seen wonderful things, but James and John, they go and they ask Jesus, like, Jesus, we want you to give us this thing. We want you to give us these seats of power. I mean, I want to sit on your right and and he wants to sit on your left. These were two brothers. I'm sure that they had been whispering about it all the way up there, right? So much so that perhaps they didn't hear everything that Jesus had just told them. Or they heard it and they choose to ignore it because as humans, most of the time do, what do we do? We're selfish and we think of only ourselves. See, we want you to establish in a, pl- in a place of, of glory. We want us to give you what we feel like is rightfully ours. How many of you guys know that we have been saved by grace? Jesus did not des- deserve the death on the cross. He did it freely and willingly for you and for me. He paid a debt that he didn't know. I owed a debt that I couldn't pay. And Jesus was willing to take that for me. But so true to their human nature, James and John say, this is all we want. We're not asking for much. But when you establish your messianic kingdom, what I want is one my brother on one side and one on the other. And Jesus said, you guys still don't even get it. I mean, come on, guys. Time is short. I'm fixing to go to the cross. You guys are the ones who are going to start the next church. Come on. And as he begins, right, to, to explain to them, you can't drink this cup. You don't want this baptism with, with, with which I'm baptized with. What does that even mean? You know, a lot of times it was, it was like a, like a lot in life, right? Like this is what was going to happen to you. In the Old Testament imagery, baptism was a picture of being overcome by tragedy. An apt description of what Jesus was about to face on the cross. He was like, guys, you don't want to drink from this cup. And when we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus even asked God, God, if you can pass this cup from me, I beg of you to do it. This is not something that people were wanting to flock to, and these guys still did not understand what it was. See, serving God is going to cost us something. These two guys, it cost them their life. These two guys, it cost them they were the first mar- that were James was the first martyr. He was the first one to be killed mar- martyred for the cause. John he died after being kept prisoner after being persecuted. He died on an island. And he was the last to die. All of these things had to happen. But they didn't understand it yet. Sometimes when we walk through life, guys, we, we, we accept, we say, yes, okay, I accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I want to be a Christian, but we don't count the cost. And that's why I told you at the beginning, I told you it is not going to be by our strength. It is going to be because the Holy Spirit empowers us. It is going to be because the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to keep going. You can't do it on your own. These guys didn't know that. They had not even received the Holy Spirit yet at this time because Jesus had not ascended yet. And he says, Are you, do you think that you guys can, can you drink from the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptiz- baptism I am baptized with? And they answered, we can. Yeah, we can do it. So many times we think the same thing. We think, I got this. I can do this. You see that? Challenge accepted. I can do that and I can do that and I can do that. And that's a fast way to lead us to burnout, right? I don't know, but I, I remember this time when I was, um, I had gotten on this exercise kick and I was doing like, like lots of exercise. But in the very beginning, I began to exercise 
And there was times, and I, and I kid you not, I'm, I'm not ashamed to tell you, I, there was times when I was in literal tears. But I wanted to do it so bad. And I was like, I'm, I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can do this, I can't. And I would determine myself, I can do this. Needless to say, I stopped exercising and gained the way back. But that's not neither here nor there. We can't do it on our own. And I'm not just talking about physical things. These are spiritual things. See, what these guys were going to be tasked with is going to begin the first church. They were going to be tasked with going as far as they could with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God, and Jesus tells them, are you, you think you are able to take this? And they're like, yeah, we can. We can do it. And Jesus looks at them, yeah, you, you will. You will drink from this cup. You will be baptized with the same baptism. Both of them would die for the sake of the cause. But in that very moment, they still didn't understand the full picture of what was about to happen. Guys, we still don't understand the fullness of everything that is going to happen and has to take place here on earth. We can speculate and we can think so many times even in our own life. When I see my granddaughters now and I see them so little and I look at them and I, and I watch them and I remember having children that age. I sometimes see my daughter. I see my daughter-in-law. I see my son, uh, my sons, right? And I see them and I see them, them raising their kids. And I'm like, I remember being there before and it ain't easy. And then we get to another stage of life and, and it still isn't easy. And then they become young adults. And I tell you what, it still isn't easy, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And when we all just understand above everything that what God has for your life and, and this calling of going and making disciples and becoming a people of faith and becoming a people of courage and becoming a people of hope. And this Christian walk was not going to be easy. And that's what he was explaining to him. He being Jesus, he was explaining to these guys, yeah, you're going to have to pass through some things right now. You still don't understand the full picture, but if you understand it fully right now, you might retreat and you might stop and midway and you might cry and you might think, you know what? We can't do this. And surely you will not be able to, but through the empowerment of the Holy spirit, you will be be more than conquerors, but you guys don't understand that yet. And that's why it's so imperative for us to just continue just close to Jesus, just, just sit, sitting there alongside with him, because sometimes we focus too much on the earthly status. We focus too much on earthly things, and we need to ask Jesus to come and to transform our mind so that we begin to focus on spiritual things so that we don't, be, we don't just look at things through our physical eyes and to see the circumstances right in front of us, but that we can focus on the spiritual aspect of things. We're not spirits, so sometimes we just see human. We just see this right here. But we need to ask Jesus, Jesus, come and transform me so that I can see how you see. And in that moment, I can almost feel like Jesus says, but you think you can drink from the cup? Do you think you can be baptized with the same baptism as I am? Are you willing to live fully devoted are you willing to give it all up for something better? Are you willing to give me your whole self, your mind, your heart, your life? Are you willing to let me enter into all the spaces of your life? 
These guys said, we can do it. And he said, oh, you will. They had determination. They had the dedication. You know what they didn't have yet? The understanding. They didn't quite have the experience yet that they needed to have. And that's where it's at. That's what this whole thing is about. It's about us walking with Jesus. It's about us gaining experience in our life. It's about us maturing. It's about us becoming spiritually mature people so that we may be able to see as Jesus sees. If Jesus would have given them the opportunity to see in that instant what was coming, they may have retreated. They needed to walk with him a little longer. They needed to experience things a little more. Guys, that's what being in a Christian community is about. That's what being dedicated to him every single day is about. Are you willing? Is that something you want to do? That's something I want to do. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to go alongside him. I don't want to turn back. How about you? When we go, and I, we don't have time to finish out the lesson for today, but I want you to go and read all the way to verse 45. It's just a few more, few more verses. I'm just going to read it to you, but I'm not going to spend too much time. In the very end, he says, when the, when the ten heard about this, they became indignant. They were so angry. They, they, and it wasn't a righteous anger, I'm sure. They were angry because they were like, how dare you, brothers, ask this of him? I mean, where are we going to sit? <laughs> they became indignant with James and John. And the reason that I know that it wasn't righteous anger is because of Jesus' response. What does he say? He said, Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you guys. Well, the guys is my part. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. The message of the gospel trumps everything. He says, don't live as the people live out there. See, he's talking about the Gentiles, the Romans, and all of them who lorded it over, that they had authority, that they had dominion over people, that they could make people do whatever they wanted them to do. And Jesus was telling them, guys, that's not for you. That's not what we have. This, that's not what being a Christian is all about. He who, it was, it's an upside down kingdom. It's an upside down kingdom. You know why? First, we'll be last. That's what he tells us. He tells us also that we're supposed to love those that hate us and that persecute us. And what else does he tell us in his upside down kingdom? That if you want to be rich, you have to give it all away. Well, that sounds all backwards now, doesn't it? That's because if you really truly want to be, live an abundant life and you truly want to be a follower of Christ, you have to enter into this framework of thinking, into this way of living. You have to surrender completely to God and allow him to make you all new. And then you too will say, you know what? I came to serve, not be served. I came to be of help to others, not so that others could just help me. I came to give and not just to always take. That's backwards from what human nature is. And that's why we come to Jesus. And that's why we say, Jesus, 
Make me brand new. Change me. Make me like you. Can we say that this morning? Why don't you take a stand with me? You have listened to our weekly message recorded at The Gathering Place, 619 West 8th Street in Liberal, Kansas, where we gather together every Sunday at 11 a.m. for a time of fellowship and worship. If this or any other message has been a blessing to you, please reach out to us today by calling 620-626-8282. And remember, you can always visit us every Sunday at The Gathering Place. Also, consider subscribing and sharing this message with a friend. The world needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, so don't let this message stop with you. Blessings, friends, and until next time, adios.